Good morning, Nashville. Merry Christmas. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, December 24th. Today on the show, John Morant sets a record in the season opener. The NHL schedule is out, and the Preds make another move. But we begin your holiday weekend with a football game that we hope lives up to the hype. I could not imagine a better way to end the Christmas holiday weekend than with a potential Super Bowl preview on Sunday Night Football. But that is what we are getting when Tennessee travels to Green Bay in primetime on Sunday night. It's the one seed in the NFC with a Hall of Fame quarterback surging into their final home game of the year and a first-place AFC team with a running back also chasing history of his own. What's not to love? First Lambeau Field, the last time the Titans visited the Frozen Tundra, they got beat 55-7, to and the Packers have won 16 of their last 19 at home against AFC opponents. This team also hasn't lost at home in December in three seasons. And it will be frozen. The forecast for Sunday evening is low 30s and snow. Perfect football weather. As a Packers shareholder born in Wisconsin, I would be lying to you if I told you this game didn't have some extra juice for me personally. My dream scenario as a Packers guy living in Nashville for the last two and a half decades has always been to see the Packers and Titans in a Super Bowl. And we were just two wins away from this happening just last year. And this year, both teams might actually be better. And it makes for a fascinating matchup on Sunday. The Titans' defense should be downright terrified of the Packers' offense right now as Aaron Rodgers is having one of his best seasons and his weapons are healthier right now than they've been in two years. Titans' punching bag turned Coach of the Year candidate Matt LaFleur has reinvigorated the Hall of Fame signal caller and it's produced one of the best starts to a head coaching career in NFL history. The Packers are back-to-back NFC North champs and LaFleur's 24 victories are already tied for third in NFL history for a coach in his first two seasons. With one more win, he would be tied for second all-time. He and Rodgers are on another level right now. The good news is that the Titans' offense is on another level, too. In fact, these are two of the best offenses in the NFL, and both are doing it with tremendous balance. The two are tied for second in the league at 6.2 yards per play. Both are ranked in the top four in total offense, and both are ranked in the top three in scoring offense. The Titans are second in the NFL in rushing and 19th in passing, but are ruthlessly efficient in both aspects, while the Packers are so balanced that they are currently eighth in rushing offense and eighth in passing offense. Simply put, the Titans don't have enough to stop Rodgers and company. Green Bay hasn't turned the ball over in four games and has averaged over 160 yards rushing per game over their last four. So the question will become, do the Packers have enough to stop Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, and the Brown-Davis combination on the outside? Green Bay has a unique answer for A.J. Brown in Zaire Alexander, who is graded out right now as the NFL's top corner. The Packers are 11th in rushing defense and have allowed just 94 yards per game on the ground in the month of December. The Titans can score with anyone, and if the Pack can't stop Henry, especially in bad conditions in cold weather, Then whoever has the ball last will win, and we are all in for a major holiday treat. A legitimate Super Bowl preview. But we've seen this Titans team come out flat, just three weeks ago in fact. And that is not something you can do on the road in December on the frozen tundra against the best team in the NFC, because the most efficient quarterback in NFL history will make you pay dearly. Interestingly enough, the two wild cards in this game are both on the Titans side of the ledger. Mike Vrabel has routinely, in big-time moments on the road, come up with magical game plans that have worked, be it New England or Baltimore in the playoffs or other big games in the regular season. But his team is also the other wild card, the one that doesn't come out of the locker room in the first half. If they show up with an interesting game plan and some unique and creative ways to stop Aaron Rodgers, 
then we are in for one of the best football games we've seen all season long. If not, well, we know what this Titans team can do if they decide not to show up. The NHL officially announced its schedule for 2021 on Wednesday, and boy, are these teams going to get to know each other well. As you already know, the Predators will play only Central Division teams this year, with the top four teams making the playoffs in a 1v4, 2v3 postseason format. Each team will play each other eight times. Nashville will open up Bridgestone Arena on January 14th against the Columbus Blue Jackets and Seth Jones. There will be 10 sets of back-to-back games. There will be nine homestands and eight road trips. This includes five separate four-game homestands and two six-game road trips. The season will begin, in fact, with a four-game homestand to start the season, two against Columbus and two against Carolina. The Preds season will wrap on May 8th in Nashville against the Hurricanes. The NHL actually did a pretty good job of never making any two teams play each other more than twice in a row. Quite an accomplishment considering the limitations on an all-division schedule. As far as trying to analyze how the schedule breaks down for Nashville's chances to make the playoffs, well, who knows? In the first 10 games, Nashville will face Carolina twice, Dallas twice, and Tampa Bay twice, all three teams picked ahead of the Predators in the division standings. The middle portion of the schedule will feature all eight meetings with Detroit, the worst team in the NHL. They will play the Red Wings eight times in a 26-game stretch. At the end of the year, the final six games could prove to be difficult and critical. Dallas at home for two, a road trip to Columbus for two, and Carolina at home for two could determine if this team makes the playoffs or not, as all three could be vying with Nashville for playoff seeding. No Chicago and no Detroit in the final eight games, the projected two worst teams in the division. I'll be honest, this schedule is just weird to look at, much less talk about. So as I've said before, let's all just lean into it, embrace the weirdness, and see what happens. We can all go back to normal next fall. Additionally, David Poyle was not done on the free agent market on Wednesday. After signing Mikael Granlin on Tuesday, the Predators signed 29-year-old forward Eric Howla to a one-year $1.75 million deal. The Finnish winger played his first four years in the league with Minnesota before scoring 29 goals and producing 55 points on the Stanley Cup runner-up Vegas team in 2018. Howla played 48 games last year between Carolina and Florida, posting 24 points, and he has 18 career power play goals. We knew that David Poyle had cap space to play with and knew that he was likely going to use it, either before the season or at the deadline. He didn't go get one big name, but instead chose to add depth and got two veteran forwards for his money. Granlin and Howla should be penciled into the starting lineup for now and eat up a total of $5.5 million of the roughly $13 million the team had left in cap space, which, of course, does not include Luke Cunnan's deal, which should be coming soon. I don't know if we should read anything into the signings about any of the younger players, like, say, Ellie Tolvanen, and how much the club may or may not trust them to take on larger roles. But Poyle just used up a big chunk of his remaining salary cap space to add veteran forwards, one of which we know will likely play in the top six. If nothing else, a lot of pressure has now been relieved from guys like Tolvanen with the additions of Grenland and Howla. One way or another, this season is going to be very interesting for the Nashville Predators. There were plenty of hoops last night in the state of Tennessee as we enter the Christmas holiday. Number 8 Tennessee moved to 6-0 with an 80-60 win over 0-8 South Carolina Upstate. Junior Victor Bailey led all scores with 18 points on what was a very efficient evening for the Vols from the floor. Rick Barnes' team shot 56% from the field. Tennessee now enters SEC play, finishing the non-conference unblemished to go along with three cancellations, of course. 
The Vols will begin conference play on the road against ranked Missouri next Wednesday evening. All the way across the state, John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies began their season in ugly fashion last night at home in a 131-119 loss to San Antonio, who is not a projected playoff team in the Western Conference this year. Now, it didn't look like a typical Grizzlies defensive effort, but also 2020, and who knows what we really are looking at at any given moment. And clearly, this team misses Jaron Jackson because Morant did his part, at least on offense. The second-year phenom and reigning NBA Rookie of the Year finished with a career-high 44 points and 9 assists. And at one point, he had scored 14 of his team's 17 points in the fourth quarter. You don't really need any other reason to watch this team other than him. Every time he touches the ball, he's got the ability to do something truly transcendent, like assist on your own dunk. But I also really enjoyed watching this team last year because they played a genuinely fun form of basketball and how hard they worked. There is no reason that this team, with a talent like Morant, couldn't be the hoops version of the Predators in the region, taking over Nashville, Birmingham, Mississippi as the basketball brand of the region. Morant is going to enter a new stratosphere of stardom this year, and if you package that with a hardworking, young, energetic, fun brand of basketball, people have no choice but to watch your product. Even the court design this year is, is putting out some super retro vibes. This team wasn't very good on opening night, but the court looked pretty slick. I have no clue how good the Grizzlies are going to be. I, I know for sure that if people watch John Morant play basketball, you will be entertained and you will become a fan. Sports are entertainment after all, and there aren't many athletes in the entire Southeast who are as entertaining as number 12. Please everybody stay safe. Have a wonderful Merry Christmas. Happy Holiday. The Festivus for the rest of us. Air the grievances if you need to. But just stay away from large groups of people and uh, maybe stay outside if you can. I know it's supposed to be freezing this weekend, but just, just let's just all follow some instructions and get to the end of the tunnel, and then we can all get back to being normal again. But uh, just try to enjoy it again, as usual. Drink a cocktail, enjoy your weekend of football, and uh, we'll get back at it again on Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody. My name is Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Thursday, December 24th. 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Brayden Gall, music by William Tyler. Thank you.